Hey Eric, so I'm I mean Sean's my homie, you know, nothing but love. But you and I have followed each other for like a bazillion years now, I think. Really? I, I, I try to yeah, no. He's like, really? I've never seen you before. No, um, <laughs> I try to think if we have actually met in person. Because I mean I know we've been at because I go to a lot of things, you know what I mean? I'm, I was going to say that we probably run into each other at a show. Like Desert Gray or, you know, one of the Zia things or something. We've probably met each other because you look super familiar, but I can't tell that it's if you look familiar or if we've actually just followed each other. <laughs> I totally feel you on that because I feel the same way right now. I'm looking at your face and I'm like, I'm, you know, I've definitely seen that face before. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have definitely I, been I, at the I, same I, shows. My thing is, yeah, is music, yeah. so... Well, I'm excited to actually like get a chance to chat, chat with you, man. Thank you, me too. Who are we you know, talking I don't, to? I, I don't do the interview thing very often. So this is, I'm like, I'll be like, you know, mm, but for you, Sean, I will do the interview thing. <laughs> I thought that. Hey, I saw your post, Sean. So I was doing some light reading. Um, <laughs> All right. Nice. This is my. I, that was funny, that the interview with the vampire, I tell you what. I lived like a vampire for years doing like the night shift, you know, so you yep, don't you, you don't go out in the sun, you know, so that's it's kind of good though. It's good for your skin. I tell everybody, like all my former students, like everybody I know, I'm like, listen kids, <laughs> sunscreen. Sunscreen. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I you did don't want to, you know, look like, like you're 80 when you're like, you know, 22. Or thirty or whatever, yeah. Right, sure. exactly. Get to, like the leather skin for sure. Mm -hmm. I did the I did the night shift thing while I was working at a factory up north in um, Idaho for a couple months, and I went. It was like in the winter time, so I think I went like two months without seeing the sun at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's was crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's a different, whole different world. Yeah, it is. I definitely owned the streets at night, though. I was like the only person on the road. It was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, that yeah. was the first no, time I like. No, I was gonna say I, that was the first time I'd lived somewhere where it snowed too, and um, uh, the I'd never dealt with like icy roads or anything. So I just like for for giggles one night when I was the only car on the road, I was like intentionally spinning out on like a four lane road. You know, <laughs> it was. Well, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> no, I understand that though. I for me, like the pandemic has been really hard because I still kind of have a routine of like I like to go to you know 24 hour anything and do my grocery shopping then like at night when it's kind of real calm and the lighting is different and the music is different and there's not everybody you're bumping into and it's just like you know yeah, yeah. so that's hard when a lot of 24-hour places aren't open now and it's like yeah so <laughs> i now do yeah. my grocery shopping at saturday afternoon with everybody's grandmother and little league team and <laughs> everything else so it's, it's a different world yeah in the daytime because yeah. i i live in music like musicians songwriter world you know where you're up and you're creative at night so when while i'm holding down my 40-hour job during the day i call it the the batman bruce wayne thing you know it's mm -hmm. like my my bruce wayne job is the insurance well what now it was teaching but now it's the insurance so nice. but the, the batman job is the yeah that's when it's time to you know go out and sing or go out and be at do the thing you love something or yeah even if it's just in at home writing you know dude for real that's awesome well i'm excited to chat with you about this Thank you. Um, so I got the the track that you that we listened to that we're going to be talking about tonight. I got through um, the Google Drive. Is, has this one been released yet? No. Oh heck yeah! So this is like an exclusive. Yeah, it will be. And I am I am releasing this 
because of this, actually. Yeah, um, okay. I
this was, it was, I think a couple people downloaded this uh, maybe like a couple years ago because I, I was doing a thing where a friend of mine was doing like a suicide prevention thing. Like, nice. you know, it was like, like an auction, like contribute to something and you'll get this or whatever. So I gave that track to a couple of people that, you know, put in money for it, you know, for, for that. Cause I think that's beautiful. I'm never going to say no to a, like a charity or anything like that. No, the guys, sure. <laughs> the guys in my band are so great. They're always like, they're always like, we're not going to get paid for this. Sorry. This is a charity thing. Isn't it Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> that's just like to be expected. No, they, you. Jokingly. Cause they're all really wonderful. You know, the, the guys, yeah, that do come for sure. but um, no, they're like, this is going to be for like children's cancer or like the arts and something. So they're like, yeah, no, they're, they're good sports about it. No, but this song, um, um, the song that I was jamming to just as we were starting, I actually wrote and finished yesterday nice. because I knew I was going to do this with you guys. And I've, I've wanted to release this song that we're going to talk about for a really long time and it's never been right. And I'd always kind of meant to go in and finish it, but then I, I didn't, you know, and so I went in yesterday to go and finish this song and I was like, you know, there's part of this song that just, it belongs sort of slightly unfinished, you know, and I still mm. think it, it's beautiful, you know, the, the way it is. It, it's one of those, what I call the dulcimer songs. I don't know, again, I don't know how much you know about me, but Sean, <laughs> Sean does. Hi, Sean. Um, no, but I, uh, I have a dulcimer. I have mm -hmm. it here, I can show it to you. And I, for the first CD, which was now like six years ago or something insane, um, nice. I like to sit and just kind of like play that out and play chords to it, you know. So there's about four or five songs. Sean Runaway Train was one of the dulcimer songs. I know you love that one. <laughs> but um, so this one I kind of had sat and played out and I had always meant to go in and finish it, but it never got there. But yesterday I was sitting there thinking, no, I, I like the way it is and it, it should be unfinished. Yeah. Can I yeah. tell you the dulcimer story while I show dude, you? Yeah, dude, tell us the whole thing. Like we want to hear okay. anything you want to talk about on this. So quickly, okay. <laughs> I don't want to like, like, I don't want to say crash your interview because it's technically my interview, right? So Ooh, hang on just a second. Sean, I think your mic, mic might be off or something. I can't hear you. I can see you speaking. Yeah, I thought he was doing a bit. I thought he was for a second too. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me now? Now we can. Yes. Perfect. There you go. Try again. Hi, Sean. That hey, that explains why like, I've been talking the whole time. And nobody's heard. I was just <laughs> going to see the, the interview with the vampire book for you. Yes, I did. Awesome. So anyway, so I'm gonna I was just my dulcimer. Get it. Ooh, I'll go ahead. What you say? I was just gonna say, be yeah. careful. I, if the meeting cuts out, it's just because um, I'm cheap and time ran out. We just have to hop back in. That's okay. Yeah. Hey. So ultimately, what he what he means by that is we don't have a time limit. You can talk about whatever you want to. We just want to hear about you and your thoughts and your process and everything. Yes, but we might have to splice some things together. So absolutely, go ahead. Okay. tell yeah, your story. My, my phone and my alarm, um, or my my phone and my alarm. Scratch that, reverse it, like Willy Wonka would say. Um, yeah, I was gonna set my alarm on my phone so that I didn't talk for too long. You know what I mean? No, you're good. I'm not asking no a lot from a lot of people. Nah, you know? Don't worry. <laughs> no, so no, we're here for it. Strange. That's cool. And yeah. I first encountered. I thought so. And I first encountered. So I was. I was in Australia uh, in a place called Perth, which is like on the west end of Australia. It's like as far away from the United States as I could get without being in the middle of the ocean. Nice. You know? And they, um, they, I've been a lot of places, but Perth has always gone partially home. But no, so here I am in like West Australia and I'm walking around, they do have the street meetings and there's people doing um, magic tricks and people doing like Capoeira, which I joined that group later on too. Got some mixed martial arts in. 
That's uh, cool. But they, everybody just kind of, it's kind of like First Friday that we do here in Phoenix, you know? And there was this guy and he was a street performer. He was this really strange man. It was very strange. And he set up and he had like a little setup and he had this, he's strumming this thing like, which, and I was like, sir, what, you know, exotic Australian instrument is this? <laughs> Not knowing, you know? And he looks at me, <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, nah, mate. I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, I got this in a state of misery. And I was like, a state of misery. Oh my. I was like, well, a state of misery, you know, we, we've all been there and I'm proud of you for channeling that through your songs. And he's looking at me like, you know, <laughs> and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and he's like, night, the state, Missouri. And I'm like, you mean Missouri? <laughs> like in the U S like this is, cause I thought I was like, I, at that point, sure, yeah, yeah. Me, I'd seen, I'd seen like didgeridoos and, you know, other little random things that I hadn't, you know, I'd never seen that before, you know? And so I thought, you know, like I said, what exotic Australian instrument is this? And he's like, nah, mate, I got that in the state of Missouri. And I was like, <laughs> Missouri, right, okay. Um, and so not too long after that, I'd, I'd gotten home and my family did it. This sounds so American, but it is. My family did a, a family trip to Branson, Missouri. You know, it was very like, <laughs> as wholesome as you think it would be it is you know what i mean so nice. there's a a place there called uh, celebration city or silver dollar city it was one of the amusement parks and they had set up and churn up at the appalachian dulcimer you know stand where a guy <laughs> who had made them for years like was making them and i was like <laughs> this is coming home with me <laughs> dude that's awesome i love that you were <laughs> hi kitty I love that you were drawn to like the one American instrument in the group too. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was, it was just because it was, it looked really unique and different to me. And that is what I'm sure. drawn to. Well, that, not... I bet you, especially in that environment, it was just like, it stood out like a sore thumb, I bet. Yeah, no, it did. I'm, I'm not ever usually drawn to things that are typical, you know, cause I kind of live in wonderland. I don't live in what I tell people the real world. It comes from being, I was blind for years. Uh, Sean knows this. Eric doesn't know this because we've never met, but I have actually had two corneal transplants. Uh, wow. This was an 18-year-old girl, and this was a 12-year-old boy. Wow. And, um, you know, being like an organ transplant recipient, you kind of, there's nothing like that, you know, and it's not very, you know, you're part of a little club, you know, that's really something, you know. I yeah, try to tell myself that I live, if I'm having a bad day or whatever, which is sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, you just I really, really try to think, especially now, to try and live a good day for them because they give me a real special gift, you know? Dude, um, yeah. Like you're literally seeing the world through their eyes. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, no, no, I've never, my, Stevie Nicks, my favorite person in the whole world, which is where the tambourine comes from. No self-respecting Stevie Nicks fan knows not how to, you know, <laughs> doesn't know how to work a tambourine. Sure. <laughs> but um, no, now I want cranberry juice. I was going to get some cranberry juice. I'm loving that. That's like everywhere now, you know, because yeah. of that, yeah. that dude, that is, because for years and years and years, people would tell me like, because I've always loved Fleetwood Mac, and I've met them before, I've actually met Stevie, I've got my picture here. Oh, nice. Yeah. You came prepared for this one, man. Oh, I keep it on the shelf. <laughs> awesome. Love that it. is fantastic. Her mom used to recognize me, because she lived here, she's from, she's lived on Kalmick Mountain, but. No, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she did for to... years. Did uh, benefit concerts for the Arizona Heart Institute. So, did she yeah. go to Scottsdale High School or something like that? 
I think so. At one point in time, she moved around a lot growing up, but yeah, crazy so moved around a lot like I am for this story. No, but Stevie Nicks says, she says, my life was never meant to be normal. So don't even try to make it that way. Yeah. You know? And I think that too, like I have a, just another quick background, personal fact, you know, has nothing to do with music. I, my little sister, who's still one of my best friends in the whole world is she's a, has a cerebral palsy. And she was uh, the girl that was like, you know, when you go to uh, the grocery store or the gas station, they have like donate to this, you know, UCP or Easter Seals or whatever it is. And then as the picture of the child who's like smiling and waving, yeah. that was my sister for like my whole childhood, you know, a group yeah. who went to these like telethons with all these famous people and like events on the whatever. And like they, they filmed us walking to school, you know, when uh, my mom had called three on your side and got the curbs the made for cutaways so she could use her walker and walk wow. to school for the first time it's like you know like you're in sixth grade you're trying to be as normal as possible and here i am with the news crew showing up dang you know, yeah filming us walking to school so i'm like you know i just kind of got used to the unusual you know but <laughs> yeah you know yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting starting point for life man that's why it is i'm really i mean i can be extroverted i'm really like a, an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body because like she's like we would go places and still we go places you know and people will stare and you know say things because she's in a wheelchair like oh i hope she's smart or really awful things you know it's like it's 2020 Damn. can we be nice to people with disabilities please and yeah. thank you you know but and she will smile and she will be sweet and i will not be you know yeah. like, i'll be like she can hear you you know i thought the same thing about you when we first walked in <laughs> i hope she's smart <laughs> Um, you know, so I kind of learned to be the yeah. extrovert, you know what I mean, that way. Yeah. Man, that's wild, man. Well, that's like, that's, that's a, that, I feel like that's just going to, all of that rolled into one's going to give you a unique perspective on life in the first place, let alone like that you start making a commentary through music and stuff. I'm, I'm excited to dig into this one with you, man. Mm -hmm. Let's start um, with that then. Sure. Yeah, um, let's get... Yeah, ahead, ask me. Sorry. I will. I will shut up and let you ask me what you want to ask me. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, this is honestly, this has been a great intro because, like you said, this is the first time that we're having a chance to have a conversation. So I love knowing more about the people we're talking to. So it helps me ask better questions. So well, I love you. conversational podcasts. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I know that you know, and not to sort of call anybody out or anything like that because I would never do that. And I don't mean this with you, but there are a lot of people like in our music scene too that like I know they have seen me you know, like around or they've seen my name or they've seen other people talk about me, but they, they don't necessarily know anything about me, really, you know, yeah. we may never actually talk, you know. So yeah, just a couple fun facts. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Um, Sean, you want to take over on some questions real quick? Yeah, so let's let's start. So what what is the general theme, the idea of this song? This song is, uh, Chedline and Shadow is like a, it's about growth and personal growth and finding out things about yourself, you know, that maybe you didn't know before or um, really sort of being in like a really dark place and then having, you know, suddenly being bathed in light and having that be everything that light is, you know, just warm and comforting and apparent and uh, enlightening, you know, which even has the word in it. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what this is about. Okay, um, so it's like an epiphany then, like like coming to light with a with some sort of realization, maybe. Kinda, you know, I think so. Um, I think I think I'll just launch into it. You know, if, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. 
So the it's another one of those nights. I decided to stay and fight. I went in and added that later because that's what I was thinking. That's what I was feeling. About um, uh, like six years ago or so, um, I had a sort of half-assed suicide attempt. Hmm. And I don't talk about that very often. You know, it's not anything I want my mom to see, you know, which she'll probably see this later um, because I don't want to hurt her, make her feel bad. But that's the problem with things like that is it, they're, they're, it's so insidious that it, it will, the sadness will get to you so much that it doesn't matter how many people love you or how many, you know, whatever. It's like you have to feel that within yourself and otherwise it w might not pull you out of that space, you know? Yeah. I am, Sean, I know. So is that, is that, that's kind of what you mean, I decided kind of thing? Yeah, no, it's another one of those nights where like, oh my God, here's the sadness coming in again you know and it's always yeah. always always especially once you've hit like a real low like that it's always a conscious decision to be like no i'm not I actually i wear this ring i wear a lot i can see if you can kind of see it yeah that's one of my mm -hmm. promises to my to myself to never even consider that thought again um and, and i wear that all the time but um it's it is it's a conscious decision that it's another one of those nights like i decided to stay and fight you know gonna do what I can and I develop my own plan. Like, here's how I feel and I'm acknowledging that. And I'm also acknowledging that I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay and I'm gonna fight this out. And I'm just gonna yep. do whatever it takes, whatever I can, you know, I'm gonna formulate a plan. Cause like, I'm a person of action. Like I like to, if, if I things start feeling out of control or I start to feel sad about things, I'm like, okay, well, what are you gonna do about it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I think it's it's beautiful that you're putting that in the song, especially having like. I mean, you just said that it's like it's a hard thing for you to talk about, um, but I mean, putting it into lyrics and that kind of thing is is definitely a form of getting that particular pain out. One of the problems that because I'm I'm diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and all that stuff, I've definitely run down some of those hills myself. I I haven't personally gone through any suicide attempts, but definitely ideation and that kind of stuff. So like, so I, I'm I'm familiar with that territory. Um, and I, from personal experience, um, both going through counseling and just kind of like developing my own methodologies of, of crawling out of those particular holes is I've, I've learned that, um, one of the biggest red flags is that isolationism where it just kind of like convinces you that nobody cares or that if they did care, they couldn't do anything to change it. And so bringing your problem to them would just add additional burden to, like you said, people that love you. Um, or that you just don't want to hurt with your actions. Like you're really just, you're trying to basically, for me, what it is, is I'm just trying to stop existing. Like it's not necessarily about death or anything like that. It's just like, I just don't want to be here. No, that's true. That's exactly, because you just, you get to a, the point where you just, you want it all to stop. You yeah. Because it's, it's too yeah. much and it's overwhelming. And no, that's what you said is totally true. Like it makes you feel like you're uh, alone, like you know, I don't know if I don't know if you ever watched any of the Harry Potter movies or read the books, but you know where the Luna, the real yeah. like quirky one, is talking to Harry, you know, and saying, "If I was the Dark Lord, I would make you want to feel like you were alone." And you know, yeah. I mean, because the truth is, he's got all those people around him who do, you know, maybe doesn't have his parents, but yeah, he's got his own family, you know, and that's yeah. true. You're, none of us are really well and as truly alone as sometimes, you know our own consciousness or a bad situation or a breakup or whatever it is can make you feel. 
Yeah, that's so true. And a huge part of the process is making that decision to fight. And sometimes that fight looks like putting it in a song or having a conversation with someone that is uncomfortable or whatever, you know, just like taking that step to be vulnerable, which is very difficult in the first place. And to like, to allow yourself to be caught by the people around you. Because I mean, from life experience for a lot of us, you know, there's times where we have put ourselves in positions to be caught like that. And people have fucked up, you know, because they're not perfect either. But ultimately, like, that doesn't change that from being one of the best methodologies for taking care of yourself in those situations. You know, like, the failures of the people in your past doesn't necessarily transmute to the failures of the people around you. But being human beings, we learn through repetition and process, and we learn to not trust people sometimes. But it, like, you having outlets, like putting it in music and stuff is a really powerful and awesome tool to be able to utilize even in times when you don't have the capability to have that conversation with someone. Cause I know how that goes too. Like it can be, cause it can, like you can, you feel like a, an additional burden to that person. Cause you like, if you're drowning in your life and you're around the people around you and you know how much they're struggling, the idea of being like, Hey, by the way, also I've been thinking about killing myself. Like that just like, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, like I don't no, want to no, overwhelm that... you even more, you know? Yeah. yeah. I know you're in no. pain, but here's mine. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. and that's especially for for me for this like that's exactly what it was. It's like I had like you know like former students or you know other whoever it was that was like leaning on me. You know what I mean? And they yeah me to be like I'm I'm the strong friend, right? You know what I mean? I am the I'm the one that you know the whole runaway train thing, Sean. Right? That uh, that I will be there when you need me. Like I will, you know. I you know, but I'm still that making time you for you though. Yeah. Thank you. That's the rest of Eric. That's the rest of that line from that song. But yeah, no, it's true. You do. And it's like, it's hard to do that, you know, and it's, that is what it was, you know, it was just kind of like, I didn't know who to go to because I didn't want to, you don't want to bother them with it. Because you hit the nail on the head too, like earlier, Eric, when you'd said something about like, you know, you don't know what to say to people or whatever. And that's what the next line of this is about too. Yeah. It's that, that, because that if I could read your mind, then I'd know what to say you know, and it should be yeah. no surprise. I'd want to anyway. Um, shed light on shadow and let be revealed. I wanted to sing that, that like, and it should be no surprise. I'd want to anyway. That whole thing. Dude, I love know, that part. I, it's cause like, I don't, again, like I'm like, an, like I said, I'm an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say to people. You know what I mean? You go to these things and it's like, it's so over, it's so hard. You just got to like leave the house and get all like, you know, dressed up and then you look good. You got your fresh cut or whatever it is. And you go out to, you know, these like, whatever it, it could be your church activity or it could be a bar or it could be a who knows what, you know, and it's like a your rap show. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you don't know, I don't know. You don't know what to say to people. It's like, it's yeah. like, I always think like, especially some people I care about and especially having, the conversation that this song is about, I didn't know how to say this to this person uh, yeah. because it had to be handled a specific way, but just in general, I don't know what to say to people. So like, if you could be a mind reader, like if I could read your mind, then I'd know what to say, you know, and it shouldn't be any surprise to you that I would want to do that anyway. So Dude, maybe I, I really liked that lyric specifically. Actually, I made a note about that one just because like, uh, because I, I totally connect with and, and vibe with the, the mentality behind those lyrics. And I'm really glad you explained them in that way because I wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure what the nature of this song was about. Um, but like uh, when I read those lyrics and I heard them on the song, um, they stuck out to me specifically because I totally relate to that being an introvert myself where it's like, um, 
I'm not trying to be in contention with you if I say something that offends you or like I fuck up this conversation somehow or whatever, you know, like I really, really want to have connection with you. I'm just bad at making connections sometimes. And I, re I really liked that. Yeah, that was really good. No, that's exactly it. It's like, I really want to connect with you. I just, I'm, I don't know how to, I'm bad at making connections maybe. No, that's yeah. but and that's th why I, I do what you. I do in my job. No, I'm the yeah. connector. Yeah, that's why I wanted to start this podcast. <laughs> and you, Sean, are very good at that. Sean is, Sean is a really good example of somebody who does that, you know, and I, my whole life I wanted to have friends, you know what I mean? Because I don't think I really had an actual friend until I was like 30. Yeah. Um, because like for very, like the, no, no one wants to be friends with the blind kid, you know, like, because he can't go, he can't go uh, skateboard or play sports or you can't go to the movies or go to do I couldn't do any of that you know wow so it's yeah like, and then kids would come over you know like, like when, or whatever and I would ask them if they wanted to come over and hang out you know even before when I could see and they'd be like I would come over Aaron but your sister just makes me uncomfortable I don't know how to act with people who are you know dude and I would be like well then you can get the hell out of my life because it's my sister and she's actually really awesome so yeah. you should get you know what I mean so it'd be like you know no, I was telling someone the it's other like, day on Facebook, I did a shout out. I said, you know what? You are a really good example. Hi, Lauren, if you happen to see this, of a really good friend, you know, because I, when I worked at both an elementary school and an old folks home, and I've seen how people interact with each other. And I think that in between, like there's two separate stories and they happened relatively within each other. Cause like all good educators, I needed a summer job. So, you know, anyway, Damn, so like yeah. during elementary school, you would see, the kids and these little kids in like in like freaking kindergarten would be like one would walk one would be playing with like a truck and the other one would walk up and be like hey you like trucks i like trucks yeah high five and then be like do you want to play play yeah let's be friends boom that's that's as hard as it was you know Dead. and yep. the same thing like i was in a, the retirement home and i will never forget this because like i said they're a couple weeks apart these there's a new um older gentleman at the retirement home and he one of the other older guys was riding his bicycle and he came out and he's like, hey, that's a pretty good bike, you know? And then he was like, well, I just got this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I got myself a bike. Do you want to go ride some bikes sometime? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And they get, and like a week later, I see him like riding their bikes, you know, up to And I thought, that's what it is. And people lose that in between like the ages of like, you know, 22 or 18 or whenever you start to really think you're cool, you know, or whatever, or yeah, get like insecure yeah. until like the age of like 65, you people lose that, that whole like, hey, I like you. I like your music. I like, you know, whatever it is. And let's connect over that. You know, maybe we could have a friendship, you know, I'm, I still operate like that because again, I didn't know how to do that. So I just, I, all I was left with was my like Sesame street lessons when I was a little kid, like how, how to Man, be a good yeah. friend, you know, like be the friend you're supposed to want to have, you know, you know what the, the best advice yeah. I ever got on that was is if you can't find something that you can approach somebody and comfortably comp compliment them on, Compliment them on something they've chosen. So clothing, yeah. they've colored their hair, um, you know, piercings, whatever it is that they've chosen for themselves because it's complimenting their taste instead of something they can't control. Oh. Yeah. I actually, um, I don't want to stray too far because I, I really like the stuff you're talking about, Aaron, but I, I picked up, uh, I worked at Starbucks for about a year and I picked up a really uh, similar way of making like real short term like connections as yeah. deep as possible in as quick a time as possible when I was working at the drive-thru window. 
And one of the ways I did it was, was through that was, um, I, I specifically would look for items of like on a person or in their immediate environment. Like if I was like looking into their car or something like that, I would re- like look out and compliment something specifically that looked like it took intention and thought. So like, um, uh, if like, like Sean said, if their hair was dyed like an obvious color or if they had like really cool earrings, I tried to like, I, I did tattoos for a little bit, but then I realized that that just got kind of sensitive for some people. Um, That's my brother. Yeah, or, or or they're just like, I don't know, it's a tattoo or whatever, you know, like you just like they just don't want to talk too much about it. But um, so that one was like hit or miss. But yeah, I totally saw the same kind of stuff. But I like I just I want to go back to some of the stuff you were talking about being a kid and kind of growing up in that environment. I think that's um, and you just like as an adult myself, um, like coming into this phase of life now, like I just turned 30 and looking back on Ooh, happy birthday. It, thank you. I mean, well, it was in March, but like just turned happy on yeah, time is like a like a mess right now, but whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, like looking back on childhood friendships and and uh, different ways that I developed and grew as a kid, like um, specific, we're specifically talking about like relationships and, and connection and that kind of stuff. Was uh, um, like you you kind of recognize that certain friendships died and phased out as you as you got older, and the the things that you um, you cling to and and formulate a new friendship in adulthood. Are, are very different. Um, like me and my wife were just talking about this last night, actually, about like how like you as a kid could have those types of friendships where it's like, oh, you live two houses down from me, bet now we're friends. You know, <laughs> like um, like that's all it really was. But then like um, uh, you know, for example, like uh, you have like friends that you grow up with, and then as you get older, you realize they're terrible friends. Like they don't actually support you. Yeah. They don't love you. And but you like you were friends for so long out of whatever that childhood bond was, whether it was liking trucks or being neighbors. Um, and then like as you get older, you find what what I have found is um, the I I look back on those childhood friendships, and I used to have like an unconscious metric for how long it took for someone to become a best friend. And it used to be, um, it was like a two year process. Like if someone could maintain like a consistent friendship with me for at least two years, we could move into like that best friend category. We'd see each other every day kind of thing, you know, like that kind of thing. But as an adult, I found that that metric is entirely different. Like you can transition into like a best friendship period over like a period of like a, a month even. Like, like it's, it's been- One night in the backyard at a venue or something? Exactly, yeah. It's like, it really changes and I think Part of that is because um, the, the, the standard we use in order to determine a friend is different from what it was when we were a kid. And I think it's because as a kid, and even thinking forward to what you were noticing kind of in the retirement home, is um, those are people who don't have full control over their environment and their time. And so they're forced to formulate relationships where they are. And I wonder if that plays, what's that? The trauma bond. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that, that kind of makes sense. But I, I was just wondering, like, I wonder if that's because, like, uh, kind of in the same way when you limit yourself as a musician, how it forces you to produce something that you might love even more when you, like, put certain handicaps on yourself. Like, okay, I can only perform in this key for this song, or um, I have to do it to this BPM, or, or different things like that. Um, how that can force you to get more creative and produce things that are even better. I wonder if it's the same, like, forming human friendships where, like, if we're locked in and we're like, okay, we have to make a friend today. Like, um, I wonder if that forces us to, to expand more and, and be more accepting of those types of friendships. Due to the free nature of Zoom programming, 
We will be right back. In the meantime, please check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecrethideoutshow or on Twitter, Instagram, or Spotify under The Secret Hideout Show Presents. Did you hear that? Thank you, and have a great day. All right, we are back. So uh, before we left for our commercial break for our many, many sponsors, (laughs) we were talking to Aaron Allen about his song Shed Light on Shadow, and we had gotten into the first couple of lines or so. Um, We left off right around to, right around, if I could read your mind, then I'd know what to say, and it should be no surprise, I'd want to anyway. Shed light on shadow and let be revealed. Aaron, go for it. That that part is really about like I don't remember if I said this in the last part, but I feel like just an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body, <laughs> where like I just don't always know what to say to people. But if you ask literally anyone, I'll know. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, he's you know, I am. I do not know what to say to people all the time. <laughs> I mean, it might seem like I do, but I don't. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I if I could have a superpower, that would be one of them." Not in people's minds per se, because I don't want to know. Keep that to yourself. But <laughs> I would kind of want to know, like, the best way to kind of maybe open up a conversation or kind of get to that jumping off point, you know? Because a lot of times, you, know, you don't know what to say to people, you know? But, like, if I could read your mind, then I'd know what to say, you know? <laughs> and it should be no surprise I'd want to anyway. And especially when that part of that song was about somebody else that it was about a really good friend, or I thought they were a really good friend at the time. Yeah. You know, I'm um, wanting to know hey, what's bothering you? I can tell something's bothering you, you know, and let me know. Shed light on shadow. Let it be revealed. Like, let, what's going uh, on? You're going to have to tell yeah, me. let's talk about it. Not a mind reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I totally relate. Especially what you said about being an, uh, an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body. I think, like, or I, I think I kind of uh, relate to the inverse. I feel more like an extrovert trapped in an introvert's body. In that, like, I have all this desire to reach out and try. And for the same reasons that you just listed, I, like, I just, I'm not great at it sometimes. I'm really good at interpersonal, like, one-on-one kind of stuff like this. But as far as, like, forging new relationships just out of the blue, like, with someone in line at Taco Bell or something like that, you know, like, yeah. that's just, that's hard. Like, that's really difficult. And I totally relate. So, yeah. No, that's what I want to just quickly, the the story that, I don't remember if I told you this story or not. I'm sure I did, Sean, but... The, you know, working at both the elementary school and the old folks home or retirement home community, um, where people like I noticed like two exact same interactions. There are these two kindergartners, and then there's these two um, elder gentlemen that were in their maybe like 80s. You know, and kindergartner A is playing with the truck, you know, out on the playground, and kindergartner B goes up and hey, I like trucks. Do you like trucks? And he goes, yeah, let's be friends. Boom. Those kids are still friends today. It's been years. Never mind how many years, but it's been years. <laughs> and that's kind of all it really took, you know. And then similar to that, I saw I was at the retirement community, and I had seen that there was a new person arrive, and he was unloading his bike like his mountain bike because he was really active still. And um, one of them, one of the other residents, came up and he said, "Hey, you got a bike? I like to ride a bicycle." And he's like, "Hey, we should ride bicycles sometimes." Yeah, yeah, I like bikes. You like bikes? Cool. You know what I mean? And those two, and then, you know, cut to me minding my own business one day, and I see across the window the two of them, you know, bike and bike. Together, which is great. And I think that people go through such a long detour, you know, in between the sort of middle of their lives, you know, where you, you know, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, you don't 
people that are still so really kind of wanting to connect with people, but they, you miss that, that mm -hmm. portion that, you know, of yourself that says, it's okay to do that. And I don't need permission to try and make a friend or to actually tell you, Hey, you seem cool. Let's spend some time together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys yeah. could, you could all enhance each other's lives. You know, you never know. Well, oftentimes yeah, you find that it's it's really well received because people like to connect too. You know, they uh, psychologists talk about how like the opposite of addiction isn't isn't sobriety. It's it's connection. You know, if connection. We, yeah. Our two biggest punishments in our society nowadays are either solitary confinement or death. So if you take away the social aspect of life, nobody wants to live. True. Social beings to our core. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah no absolutely yeah so that's that's what that was about yeah and that's what this whole song is about actually is is that okay well, so yeah i mean you can you can see that kind of playing out in the rest of your lyrics too with that next line um i just want to be in your life i just want to be in your light and i know this cannot wait to do uh, do you know you saved my life um, I, I don't know if we already touched on this just because of the technical difficulties and everything, but if you want to dive into that a little bit more, just because I can see there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of meat to those words, but a lot of uh, purpose. That was something where, you know, I, I, I really didn't, I didn't really have any real friends until I was like 30, you know? Yeah. I had maybe one, you know, hi, Lauren, if you watch this, you're amazing. Still love you. Hi, my, my my sister was one of my best friends because she, you know, like I said, like she was disabled. Right. You know, and I you know <clears throat> blind. You know, and we, we we make the joke, it's like we'd show up at something and me with the like the patches on my eyes or whatever and her in her wheelchair and people were like, What what's this? You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you know, or Dude, or I when I was like a little kid and they would come over to to, to our house and they you know whatever it was and they'd be like well i don't want to play i don't know how to play with her well, i'm like well i don't yeah. play with her she's in a wheelchair i'm like well you can gtfo you know what i mean because yeah with my sister and she's awesome you know so yeah um no but i and it was a really long time i sean you know this i tell you i say this to you and to rio and to sam and to a couple other people i'm like i waited a really long time for all you guys you know to to actually feel like i had friends you know who like liked music like I did, you know, and I thought I was the only person, honestly, who grew up wanting to write songs and sing, and it turns out Dude. I'm not, you know, yeah. I was really isolated that way growing up, and it was really hard, so when I met this person, and this is someone who uh, had eventually played on this song, um, we kind of started to write that together, and then we had a really bad falling out that wasn't <laughs> either of our fault, I don't, maybe it was a little bit my fault, maybe it was a little bit their fault, but it was mostly a bunch of other people. You know what I mean? You know, other people can get in the way of friendships or relationships or whatever it is. It's like yeah. between things. Contribute to miscommunication. Yeah. So, and this is, so we kind of started this song and then we had a falling out. And then after a little while, I mean, I just kept being consistent with, you know, I'm like, whatever happened, I'm still going to be me and I'm still going to talk to you and I'm still going to be friendly. And I am still going to like hold the door if I see you coming in the building or, you know what I mean? Yeah be a decent human being because I still really care about you and so I had during a moment when it was kind of an okay moment you know after the, the big fight I had said I finished that song um and I I don't want, want anybody else in the whole world to play on it but you you know and so mm -hmm. if you can make some time this has nothing to do with because we worked together too you know I said this has nothing to do with our 
falling out. This has nothing to do with other people. This has nothing to do with work. I said, this has everything to do with you. And I know you're good at what you do and I'm good at what I do. And together we're good at what we do, you know? Yeah. Um, so I said, come on in. And I had written this song sort of about that because we hadn't been talking and they hadn't been speaking to me. And like you said, no connection is that feel, you know, solitary confinement. Feels like death, yeah. It really does. And so I hadn't gotten to say any of these things that I wanted to say. And this was really kind of my, one of my first friends that I had ever, I thought, you know, because they had a, they had a disabled, disabled sibling, you know what I mean? They always felt like an outsider, not because of that, but because of other things. Um, you know, they always felt like they were the only person in the world who wanted to do music. They didn't have any other connections that way either. And, you know, we, we just had a lot of really good stuff in common. It's, you guys know this too. It's like finding friends that are just like good friends is really hard. Hard. It's it worth is, it. Yeah. Hard. Finding, finding people that you connect with musically is also really hard. So if you find two, one in the same, you know what I mean, that does everything, all that, that's, that's just gold, you know? And so came in and like I said, I don't always know what to say to people, but you know, gosh darn it, I, I can sing it to you, you know? Yeah. And we, I have, I have like little video clips of this that'll never see the light of day, but I have like, and pictures and stuff like that, that somebody else was taking, you know, from the studio, you know, watching the two of us just literally sit and lay on the floor. And this whole song is me just, I'm kind of playing the bongo drums, you know, kind of like talk singing this whole song and they're playing the guitar along to what I'm singing. And we really did it like in maybe three takes and I have the original demo of it and I have this one of it. And I'm just looking at this person telling them what I wanted to say. And that's just, um, I just want to be in your life. I just want to be in your light. That whole thing, you know, and that where I say, um, you know, this cannot wait. Do you know you saved my life when everything I'd wished for came? You shed light on shadow. I will never be the same. Was me saying what I wanted to say to them is that I just want you in my life. It just, it feels like light where I haven't had that before, you know, and I just, you know, everything I wished for was just that, you know, and it was something yeah. I had wished for, you know, when I was a little kid, like blowing candles out on my birthday cake, I'm like, can I please just have some friends, Dude. you know, that, that get me, you know? Yeah, and, just not to let you be so alone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's really beautiful, really intimate too. Like I, I've never really sat down and created a song in that way, but that's just really like one of my, what I look for heavily in, in the music that I consume regularly is, uh, is that type of, yeah, that type of authenticity, that type of, of real connection. Cause it may not be like, you know, the most like, like eight layers of lyricism or whatever to it you know but like it's just so like from heart like there was a couple other lines i don't remember off the top of my head try to find them real quick but i guess the um the i just want to be in your life like i i love i love the simplicity of that statement because i totally relate to that like i've been in situations as well where it's just like i don't know what's wrong but i love you and like, i want to be relationship with you whether that's like a, a romantic partner or a friend or something else you know like that's kind of irrelevant to the detail but like dude i love that that's beautiful thank you for that that's, that's that and that's that kind of stuff comes like i don't i don't mean to cut you off but no. that, that kind of thing like it comes from such like a you have to know that pain in order to write a lyric like that you know what i mean yeah yeah so i feel
No, that's this whole thing is the, the next part. Thank you for understanding that. That means a lot. I, I love hearing that. The, um, this next part, this, if you could see my face, then you'd know what I feel. Uh, the things mm -hmm. I try to hide, but then cannot conceal. Um, <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'm the worst liar. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> like, when we're, like, when we were talking about earlier, you know, like, uh, connecting with people and be like, hey, I like that or whatever. I'm one of those people, like, if you're, you got a cool shirt, you know, like, you know what, everybody knows what it's like to get a new haircut, like, fresh cut, new shirt, whatever it is, you know, and you show up and you're like, nobody said anything. Like, does, does it not, do I not, do I look bad or, you know, like, <laughs> is, this, is this not as cool as I think it is, you know? And I'm one of those people that absolutely, like, if I think you got a cool haircut or great shirt or whatever, I'll be like, oh, nice shirt. I like that, you know, or whatever. Um, but I was telling somebody else the other day, it's like my biggest, <laughs> um, my best slash worst character trait slash flaw. Because sometimes it comes across as, oh, great. I like your haircut, you know? Or sometimes it comes across as, oh, I see you've changed your hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've seen him do this in public. Yeah, yeah no. Oh, Sean has seen me do it where like I cannot hold it in. You know, like like if I I if I'm, you know, if we're out at shows or whatever, somebody does a great job and you know, I'm it's not just good set bro for me, you know, it's like, hey, I really love this song and that part in the middle where you're like Doo -doo -doo -doo, you know, that whole thing and other other times, you know, it's it's so I have to watch myself, you know, because it's so authentic that sometimes it's <laughs> you Too know, much. it needs to be filtered. You mean like, like you'll uh, you'll give yeah. them the honest truth when they may not want it sometimes, or like? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But well, I mean, that, it's good. It's good and bad. But that whole um, if you could see my face, then you'd know what I feel because they hadn't yeah. been speaking to me or yeah. wouldn't even look me in the eye when we were in the same room. Mm. And so we were here. We are a little truth with a little delicacy. That's what yeah. <laughs> mine that I really look up to had said. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, I feel no, like Aaron wears his emotions on his face, so it's like he, when we're out in public, if we're anywhere, like you can tell if like somebody he doesn't like comes in, or like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, it's like you don't like, get immediately that, like, just mastery control of it, like kind it of will thing. drain from my face real quick. It's the, that whole like emotion, <laughs> like, you know, boom. yeah. No, but, you know, I, but something kind of, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say uh, something kind of interesting that I learned recently um, just from another podcast was the, uh, like, your eyes are literally uh, an actual extension of your brain. So they're, like, basically the same organ, you know, like, obviously different functions and everything, but there's that interconnectedness to it. And so that's why, like, in certain medical exams, they, uh, when they're checking your brain, they'll first check your eyes because this is an external representation of what's happening here. And I think the same is, is true for like um, the way we express emotion and that kind of thing. Like this portion of us is just so like expressive, you know, it just shares so much because it is like, that's where our focus goes when we're having a conversation with someone. And so like unconsciously, we just put so much of our emotional expression here. And I can see how like, you know, growing up not having as much of like social interaction where you do, because typically behaviors are like formed by um societal pressure expectation yeah like your peers kind of you're like what you're kind of around a lot yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah. and if you get like it, like if someone in your group calls out your emotions a lot and you don't like that you might change that and i think that's why you see like a lot more people in in general who typically have like a lot more of like a reserved expression if they're try if they're more aware of that type of thing but i think it's i mean 
I, dude, honestly, one of the things that I really enjoyed just in our conversations with you is like, I, I feel like the best way to put it is, is it's not like, uh, I feel like innocence is the closest word to it, where it's you're more of like, like a social purity, you know what I mean? In like the way that I hear you approaching your, the world around you, for example, like also like you talking about just like the intimacy of the level of, of friendship and relationship that you had with the person that this song is, is partly about. Like that's that's something that I don't hear very often from my other male counterparts, where um, that are just are more comfortable with being in that that intimate side. But I totally relate to it, and um, and I think that that's just really beautiful, man. Like the fact that you wear your emotions on your face, I feel like it's just like another like rather than a red flag. I feel like that's just a hallmark of the fact that you came from a different place than the rest of us. I think that's really beautiful. That's true. I did, and I I feel it all the time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's beautiful, man. Thanks really you. cool. Well, it's helpful Thank too because you. you always know where you stand with Aaron, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. For the rest of us. That's totally <laughs> true. And well, because like with this this next part too, like it, it also that if you could see my face and you know what I feel, for me being older, like significantly older than a lot of my friends too, mm. you know, we'll have this conversation where like I I didn't grow up in, you know, the the Instagram texting Zoom meeting world, you know, like yeah. I grew up in like, like if you can see my face and you know what I feel because so many times, oh my God, if you're doing like a text conversation or a messenger, whatever it is, it's like, there's no voice tone. There's no like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like interpersonal communication and so many times, whether it be with, you know, girls or friends or even family, you know what I mean? That's, you know, know me my whole life. They're like, well, what did you mean by that? You know, or, oh, I yeah. thought you meant this. I'm like, no, you can say, you can say something and have it have multiple meanings over text that it doesn't, you know, come yeah. across, you know, and yeah, I didn't grow up during that time. I found the Star Wars pictures. Can I show you? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you can even see this. I'm going to try and get it to the camera. My mom found this. I'm going to post it. We were um, in the early 1980s. This is to illustrate how old I am. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, the early shit. 1980s, my mom and family, we, uh, they, we went to the dunes in between like, you know, Yuma, Arizona and San Diego. And she pulls me over and grabs my hand like, hey, let's go watch them build a spaceship. And we didn't know what it was. And it turns out that they were building Jabba the Hutt's um, spaceship from Star Wars. I'm going to try and get it up so you can kind of see it. Dude. Can you see that? Yeah. They were literally building the Empire, or the um, Return of the Jedi sets. That wow. is so cool. And we were Dang, like so right that there. That was when Star Wars was popular. And I remember too. this. My mom was like, little Aaron. Dang. I remember her grabbing my hand and saying, hey, let's go watch him build the spaceship. And she found this like for me the other day. So I took pictures of it. I'll put it up on Instagram. But wow. That's so cool. I, a lot of times lately, because I'm, I'm approaching a very big birthday um, in a couple of weeks. And it's kind of one of those things where like I had felt kind of bad about it for a long time because I felt like I got off to such a late start in life because of you know being blind or you know a lot of other things that sure. in. you know now when i meet my friends and they're like you know 25 you know or they're like 18 or they're you know whatever like they they don't understand like they'll be like what do you mean you didn't check out my new song just get in your car pull out your aux cord plug it in bring up your streaming whatever and i'm just like <laughs> i don't understand like 17 of the words that you just said you know? <laughs> like what's a cassette tape <laughs> we had to get gosh no i owned i owned fleetwood max rumor on um uh 
record without irony. Back in the <laughs> day. No, I, have a, I, mean? I have like, a rumors vinyl. Do you? Yeah. I did, Yo, I did too from <laughs> a long Yo time G ago. copy, man. I got it from a yard sale, believe it or not. Nice. That's awesome. But no, but that's one of those things where like, it just puts me in. I feel like I do. Lately, I've made peace with it. Being older than my friends, I feel like yeah. it's okay. You know, because I, I didn't want to tell people for a long time. I'm like, dang, then they won't want to be friends with me because they know I'm like older than them, you know? But mm. it turns out that's not the case. It's it's totally cool. And I totally trust them. And it's made me feel confident within that, within myself to just be like, I have had a lot of lifetimes in my lifetime, you know, and I've done a lot of things like the Star Wars thing that are pretty unique, you know, that I haven't have experienced that not everybody has. So I'm trying to see that as a good thing lately, you know? Yeah, but it can be hard because of that isolating aspect of it. But I feel like I, we might have touched on this last time, too. I feel like coming from a place like that you offer a unique perspective on reality and society as a whole if they're like they're smart enough to embrace you they'll benefit from it like i mean i already feel like i've benefited from the conversations that we've had just knowing your story and where you've come from and what you've done with your life it's really beautiful thank you i appreciate that but yeah but that's what that um if you could see my face then you know what i feel thing to try to hide but cannot conceal i mean we were having these fights over messenger and text message and it's like <laughs> If we could just Look actually get together and hammer this out like human beings, then yeah. we could compare notes and be like, oh, well, so-and-so said you said this. Well, they told me that, you know what I mean? It's like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Where are we at right now? Straight. Um, um, let's see. You can see my face. We did that one. Can't wait. Saved my life and everything I wish You want to jump down changed. to the... So one of the lyrics that, that stuck out to me was definitely, um, uh, do you know that I was thrown into the water? I thought that I might drown. I was tied up to an anchor and my hands were bound. Um, you know that, I mean, that's like a, that's not like an uncommon um, idea in music and everything, but also as a, as a fellow writer, um, I know that when you write a lyric like that, you kind of have like your own personal perspective on what, what the what the anchor is, what the like hands being bound means, what like what drowning means, even you know. So like, like what is it, what what's what's the specifics of what you're talking about there? Like, what's bound your hands? Why are you in the water? That kind of thing. It was about and and it's like you said, yeah, it's not an uncommon idea. It's just the way you say it sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like I didn't choose to go into the water. You know, oh yeah, that's a good. Point. Chosen yeah. to do that, then that would be fine. And I happen to love the water. You know what I mean? But being mm, thrown really cool. into the water is something totally different than deciding to go in yourself. You know? Yeah. Um. That that's why I thought I thought that I might drown. You know what I mean? Because like, if you can choose to do something, if you can kind of like whatever it is, if you can collect yourself and kind of get there and you know do that, that's a lot more fun than having to be forced to do something. Definitely. You know that I was thrown into the water. I thought that I might drown. You know, I was tied up to an anchor, you know, which is like an anchor is going to bring you down in that case. You know, I mean, I, I like to think of anchors as something that can ground you. But in this case, what was grounding me was this person. But because I'd been thrown into the water, they were bringing me down. Because mm -hmm. things with this person that had kept me happy to just, you know, feel validated a little bit musically as a person um at work because like i said we work together um this person even helped me get like a promotion into the department they were in you know yeah and i think a lot of times too part of it was there can be too much quality time that can you know 
familiarity breeds contempt sometimes, you know, like it can, yeah, for sure. Hey, my my grandparents were married for like 50 years, but she still like went to Vegas on the weekends with the girls and he still played golf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's still time apart is important, you know, but we were cuz like if someone's your homie, you know, then you're like hanging out, you know, at their place or they're at your place or you're going to go see movies or whenever when we could all do that, you know, but you know, <laughs> or and then that time we did, you know, but if someone is also your friend, you know, that's in your band, well, you're playing music together. So you're doing rehearsals or you're writing together or you're playing together. You know what I mean? Shows. Um, and they then if they work with you, you know, if they're at work, if they're at, you know, and that's why it was so hard for me to get over this. It took a very, very long time before I felt like myself again. It took a very long time in me meeting somebody else. Uh, in the last couple of years that I really connect with because there's a lot of really great friends that I have that that I really really love but there's not a lot of people that I feel understand me you know what I mean because you can yeah. love somebody but not understand yeah it's a big difference uh, they they help heal that a lot um no but so people would say they're like why are you so broken up about this just throw yourself into your you know like throw yourself into your work you know go to work and just I'm like no they work with me and they'd be <laughs> like well okay you need to just you need to channel this into your music you know i'm like you know go you know gather your crew and whatever i'm like no he's in my band you know? <laughs> or they're like well you need to find a good friend that you trust to talk about this with and i'm like the person i have those deep conversations with is the person who's not speaking to me right now yeah. so that's it was so it's just too much you know it's just a lot you know now, i mean now i think that hopefully we're both re enough removed from that that we'd be able to you know Treat that like adults and have that be in the past but i don't know i hope so someday yeah i mean all of that goes back to what you're talking about so on the subject of the the lyrics and that kind of thing all that goes back to the i i, I really liked what you, you said about um being thrown and the specifics of that and having your hands bound and the idea of like this is a situation that you found yourself in that wasn't one that you chose um and that can definitely contribute to a lot of those emotions that you were just describing especially the like uh me and my wife will sometimes just like as we're driving when i'm driving around i'll be like man like everywhere i look i see something that reminds me of my wife you know like um, and so we just kind of, we, we talk about like how, like, you know, if one of us dies or if for one reason or another, there ends up like some kind of separation between the two of us, how much of our lives we would have to rework to undo all this knitting together that we've done. And like, you know, part of the, the pain of dealing with a change like that, especially on like a large scale when someone is intimately involved in your life is that you're just constantly reminded of that pain and that just makes the healing process difficult. You know, like, I mean, part of the healing process is definitely confronting the issue and looking at it and sitting with it and dealing with it and properly grieving the process, you know, but, but also like another part of it is moving on. And when every corner of your life reminds you of that broken relationship, it just makes it hard to move on. You just constantly reminded of the pain, you know, it can be rough. No, it's totally true. And that's that. No, I, gosh, I went to that, that I would come home literally every day because we worked together. You know what I mean? And we, <laughs> the, this, my cubicle was here and their cubicle was here. It was like, there was no getting away from it. And people would kind of like come and they would want to force us to talk to each other for like work related stuff. And they'd be like, oh, it's so hard, you know, because you can't say to somebody, I never want to see you again and then have to see them for eight hours again. Yeah. Every day for, for months. I would literally, I used to, Gosh, I used to come home like and just cry. 
dude, I bet. It was so hard to go through that every single day. Yeah. And that was, yeah, because there's no getting away from, from people, you know? I had actually talked to, Sean, you know I love um, Fleetwood Mac. Anyone who knows me for 10 minutes knows that. I'd actually, I had actually reached out to a counselor about that whole thing, you know, when I was really in the thick of it, you know, and I was telling him, you know, and, you know, he asked me about myself. I told him I like write songs and sing, you know, and he was like, okay, you know, tell me about what's going on. I told him about working and the, all that, you know, those type of conditions. He said, you know, when I was driving into work today, I heard a Fleetwood Mac song on the radio and he's like, you ever heard of the band Fleetwood Mac? I'm like, the things I could tell you about Fleetwood Mac. I'm like, you may have the, the, the doctorate, but I tell you what, like, you're not going to tell me anything I don't know. Let me take you to when school, he proceeds sir. to tell me about how they were all, like, involved with each other, but they were locked in a studio, you know, and they still had to do the music and tour together. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. Like, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. And so then, I mean, obviously then it only comes naturally next that the motivation was that maybe that person wouldn't hate you, right? It was the next line. So that's pretty much it. You know, that um, if I could fight on through, you know, that maybe I could get through to you. Cause that's that whole part where tied up to an anchor, thrown into the water, my hands were bound. They're three different things. And they are those three different things that you just couldn't get away from, you know? Yeah. That, um, yeah. The only <laughs> thing, um, uh, the only thing, uh, I'm trying to like say it without seeing it. What <laughs> <laughs> motivated me was that you wouldn't hate me. Yeah, and that's that's what's what it was because I just you just think, gosh, does this person hate me? You know what I mean? Like they just you know like literally yeah. hung out at my house for like four hours the other day. You know what I mean? You just walked my dog like Tuesday and on Friday you hate me. Like what happened? Mm. You know, yeah, and that that happens sometimes. It's awful. Now, when I do this live, this is this is one of the songs I love to do live because it always it always goes over well live. You know, I I sent Sean. I sent you one of the live versions earlier. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's haunting but, actually. Um, it's 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 every time you do it, it helps me get through that. You know, but when I sing that line and sing the only thing um, to motivate me was maybe you wouldn't leave me. Mm. Yeah, you know. Because this song is, it's not necessarily like when I do that, this live, it's not really about that person anymore. Yeah, you know, it's changed for you. No it has changed for me because that. especially when I do these shows locally here, because it's like everyone will come to see me and I love that so much. Like, oh my gosh, it just warms my heart to be able to look out and see people that I really look up to musically, you know, um, that I, you know, go and see them. And I'm just in awe of their talent and the fact that we get to like hang out and, you know, call each other peers and, you know, but like, so when I'm singing this and I, I remember the first time I did this live, I was sitting there and I was really nervous to do this song because I wanted to get it out, but I was nervous to do it. And when I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, you saved my life, you know, and I'm looking around, I'm like, my shadows fade. You help my shadows fade. Looking at different people in the audience that I'm like, wow maybe this was originally about this one person, but when they left my life, I thought, you know what? They can't be the only person in the whole world now. And I know that now. So yeah. I really aggressively, you know, pursued trying to find other people. And that's why I have Sean to thank for that, really. I mean, cause Sean, Sean started the Arizona Musicians Exchange. He runs that page on Facebook. And that was, what do we do now again? Cause we turned to the internet, you know, cause it has all the answers. <laughs> I'm like, there's gotta be other people, you know, and I found that. In, 
the first um, thing I saw was um, uh, it was a band called I Remember Burning, <clears throat> and that was Rio Stingers, Rio Wiley. Look his music up. Um, his rock band that he did before Rio Wiley was in I Remember Burning, and they were all these guys were all like holding as him, oh, and the the rest of the guys in the band, and they were holding signs, and they're like. Suicide is not the answer. Like, you're not alone. Remember that video. Um, you know, all these signs. And I was like, wow, these must be good dudes, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I kind of followed them around for like a little while. Um, and from that, you know, I met all kinds of other people. And like, when I sing this now, I, I don't think of, you know, the person who made me feel this way. I do think of people, like I said, like my mom and my sister, you know, people who have supported me. Like, you got to change that shift you know i think of joseph you know joseph mm -hmm. who you know found me on the floor and was like listen you know mr diabetic you're not doing this to us um not over this you know yeah. um people like you sean you know and hopefully someday people like eric <laughs> you seem cool <laughs> i want to meet your wife <laughs> yes. uncle too dude yeah. she's pretty cool too she is very no, cool but like rio or any of them i really do i think yeah. you know um that that's who saved my life and that's who this is about now mm. when i sing it dude that's really cool i love that that's been able to yeah it's been able to change and mature for you i've definitely noticed something similar in myself as well with um i don't know if we touched on this last time or not but uh talking about like there were certain songs that i've written where when i originally wrote them i was like in tears right putting these lyrics together and stuff and like feeling like maybe I've exposed too much of myself, maybe it's too intimate, you know, that kind of thing. And um, as like time's gone on, and as I've performed some of those songs and that kind of thing, like they've definitely taken on different meanings for me. And uh, like I have, uh, I have one track uh, called "Like Water," and um, the yeah, intro track to show. And actually, yeah. Oh, it um, is. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it's uh, it's about a lot of things, but one of the big things is it's uh, it's about my. Uh, my grandma passing from Alzheimer's and just kind of like the, the, the slow struggle that that was and kind of like the process of saying goodbye to her before she really disappeared entirely. Um, Cause she went through that for about two years before she finally passed, but um, maybe more cause it's kind of one of those things you don't really see it until it's very obvious, you know? Um, but uh, I had someone reach out to me recently who was talking about how that song helped them not commit suicide and um which wasn't why i wrote that song you know but also like it's just cool to see music take a life of its own and how it can evolve like that not just for yourself but for the people listening to you because i mean you you have all your own interpretations and meanings behind the lyrics of this song as well when i'm listening to it i hear different things you know like i hear um my own desire as a young person um growing up and even now as an adult where there are times where i really do just beg that question of like i just want to be involved in your life like i don't i don't know why this needs to be more complicated than it is i just love you you know <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah. no see and no, the reason i picked oh sorry go ahead no absolutely go ahead i was just gonna say and the reason i picked the song was too is because it like water and it talks about clarity and everything becoming clear and if you listen to the way it's cut to the intro it always uh, ends on that snap that you always disappear like that, right? Yep. And then it goes into the to the the show, and that's why I picked it is because it flows that well. Um, mm, nice. All right, and we're back. Hello, Aaron. We got the whole crew. We're here. Uh, let's close this bad boy up. 
So the last okay. kind of question we like to uh, to drag our participants through um, and kind of put them on the spot with is what is your favorite lyric? It can be a favorite lyric of all time, something that's currently bouncing around in your head, um, or just something that means a lot to you. Um, all my what's funny is all my favorite lyrics have to do about light and dark, and I don't think I really realized that. You know what I mean? Until I start thinking about that, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, Sam Etling from Sore Eyes <laughs> showed me a really cool movie, Green Room. Oh, yeah. And there's a line in, uh, what's his, I think it's Dirty God song. Yeah. It starts out where, um, funny you were scarier in the so dark. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And Dude, it's that's totally cool. true. Like some like things, you know, like your, some of your, your greatest fears, you know, when things come to light, they aren't actually that, you know? Yeah. And, um, I I think I just went and saw the the Stevie Nicks movie. Um, How was that? This it was great for me. It was great too. You know what I mean? Because she tells like stories and things. We've all got to get creative during this like pandemic time. So she did like a movie at the drive-in, but it was a filmed concert. You know? Yeah. 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 And so she did. She did two of my favorite songs of hers, and one of them was a uh, Gypsy. Um, and in Gypsy it says lightning strikes maybe once, maybe twice, and it lights up the night. Um. And that was always, you know, especially meaningful to me because I couldn't see, you know? Yeah. And I always used to really, really love that lyric. And then um, um, the, the other one is from a song called Belladonna and then she did that live too. Um, and so I'm, I got a little teary in the theater during that too. I swear I'm not a crier, but there are things that move me to do. You know? Yeah, dude, I'm a crybaby for sure. Ever since I hit 25. Um, you know, I, some things are just really, really overwhelming, you know, it's like you just can't yeah. even, you know, but no, but that really gets to me because I've been listening to it for my whole life. You know, it's like if somebody could tell me I'd be going to, well, her song Dreams, Fleetwood Mac just, you know, got like another number one song because of the dog face guy the drinking the cranberry juice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going like, I was telling After Austin. After 40 years. Uh, yeah, I was telling Austin Cooper, formerly of No Lungs, hopefully of No Lungs again, or he's doing a couple of projects, but um that because when edge of 17 started he's like oh it's from jack black from uh school of rock you know you know i'm like yeah a lot of people know this song from that but my whole life no matter what it was like stevie nicks was always around you know mm -hmm. yeah. some, some people Same. like these obnoxious people i grew up with you know what i mean that were all like well, you don't play basketball and you know your your parents aren't rich well you're just pretty worthless then aren't you you know i'd be like oh, okay and they're like, they're like, why do you listen to like Stevie Nicks? And like, why are you listening to Fleetwood Mac? You need to listen because she's a badass. And they'd be like, you need to listen to R. Kelly. R. Kelly's what's cool right now. You know, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, something about R. Kelly gives me the willies. Like, you know, like, <laughs> something about R. Kelly gives like, a lot of people the willies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Though, like the last the last twenty years have been pretty validating for me because, like, you know, Stevie Nicks, you know, was just inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and r kelly's twice. you know well twice yeah um and r kelly's you know well you know what happened to r kelly but yeah. no like things like that like so the song belladonna she says um come in out of the darkness and kind of like repeats that so yeah. it was it was good to hear that song live yeah that's awesome yep beautiful so, yeah i mean stevie nicks the the only woman in history to ever be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Mm, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Can I like, a have a super geek out moment right now? Since we're talking it. about this, like the light and dark and what that means everything to me, you know, from being blind, that's a big part of it. But can I tell you my, since we're telling this story, this is my uh, light of Arendil. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> right? And um, I had, um, it was one of those, another one of those things because I was thinking of that same stupid kid that was telling me to stop listening to Stevie Nicks and listen to R. Kelly. He's like, well, what are you into? You know, I'm like, well, I love um, a, a book called The Hobbit, you know? And he was like, The Hobbit, no one even knows what that is. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't know what's cool. And I'd be like, okay, Mr. R. Kelly and, you know, whatever. And I, I would tell myself, like, someday the world will know. And it's like now, like those Lord of the Rings movies, they're like, you know, they're some of the biggest grossing movies of all time, you know? Yeah. Is uh, The Hobbit. But no, um, I used to when I was really, really dark and going through that dark place, when that all that happened with the song, I used to watch the scene in The Hobbit where, because um, where Galadriel says before she gives this to Frodo, um, let it be a light in the darkness when all the other lights go out, you know? And like, I would look at it, you know, and just hold it and be like, wow, that was like my little symbol. And sometimes when I would just feel mm. so hopeless, you know, I would hold that. And I would watch that scene over and over again where she goes up against the eye I don't know if you've seen the third Hobbit where it's like her versus the eye for like the yeah. first time. And she like holds him off with the light, you know? And then you beat yeah, spiders to death. I got to meet Elijah Wood one time at one of the Comic-Con. I told him that story. That's awesome. Um, so no, that was really cool. But yeah, no, but that, that same person, they were like, why are you listening to Stevie Nicks? She's not going to be around in another like couple years. <laughs> well, her and Harry Styles just went on the Gucci cruise together. So guess what? She's fine. You know? <laughs> R. Kelly is uh, pleading for people to be, to have clemency on him. Is that clemency? Yeah, it's the word I'm looking at, right? <laughs> so, so we won't end it on R. Kelly. Um, so you just had a new song release, right? Echoes. I did. I like Echoes quickly. I know because we're wrapping up, but Echoes. I went back because I knew I was going to do this for you here, and I don't know. You know, like the other stuff that's been out recently is pretty polished and pretty produced. You know, and this song kind of sounds unfinished a little bit, but I kind of like that because it is kind of unfinished. You know what I mean? I like it a lot. That's it's, how it is. It's, it's a new, yeah. it's, it feels like it's new territory for you musically, um, mm -hmm. but it, it's very strong foot forward and I really like what you're doing. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Echoes, was, Echoes is kind of the sequel to, to Shed Light on Shadow. Oh, right. that, um, when I started feeling down again, I was like, there's echoes calling me out. And that was the echoes of what, how I used yeah. to feel, you know, like, like, well, what's yeah. the point of any of this, you know? But, and I got a message from uh, a really good friend now. And um, I was like, oh, right, you exist. I'm so glad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's why I said, there's messages in the winds now that hold on and live and let go. There's more to come. There's more than you know. There's more to come, mm. you know, and it, I felt like I was singing that to myself, like, don't it's let coming. go. There's something, you know what I mean? This person right here that's yeah. messaging you right now is, you know, and could, could you, could I imagine my life without them? No. And I wanted to tell myself back then, you know, hey, hold on, like, this is, there's echoes, but yeah, but you'll be somewhere eventually that you'll be really happy about. I'm, I'm really happy right now. So. On that Dude. note, thank you so much. We're uh, glad to have had you on. Um, look forward to having you on for the uh, artist spotlight. We'll have to figure out when we're going to do that this week.
Uh, yeah, man. This was truly wonderful. Thank you for the conversation. Eric, I Thank can't wait to hang out. <laughs> I know. It's going to be good when we can like actually connect in person. Be in person someday. We have to have Aaron perform at a Sorrow Circle show. That would be a ton of fun. We could totally work something like that out. Very cool. Oh, All right, well, thank you guys. Have a great day. Be safe.